Welcome to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. This is the place where you'll learn cutting-edge personal brand strategies from today's most recognizable influencers. We're going to teach you how to build a rock-solid reputation and then how to turn that reputation into revenue. I'm your lead host, Rory Vaden, co-founder of Brand Builders Group, Hall of Fame speaker, and New York Times bestselling author of Take the Stairs. Well, it was by special request that I was hunting out a specific man for a specific job to talk about a specific topic that I wanted for you. And that is my friend, Sam Richter. I've known Sam for a lot of years. We've just kind of been casual friends through the speaking profession. He is in the National Speakers Hall of Fame, and he is one of the top-rated keynote speakers in the world. And he's a CSP. He's written books. When I think of Sam, I think specifically of like a very deep expertise on a topic, sales intelligence. And so I want to, I remember seeing him the first time, and it just blew my mind the first time I heard him talk. And I know that he teaches companies how to do this for big, big money. And so I was like, I wonder if we could call it a favor and have him come on the podcast and talk about some of these things. So Sam, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Rory. And you know, I love what you do. Sales intelligence is really how to find information on other people so you can be relevant. It's basically the modern day version of Dale Carnegie. You know, uh, Carnegie said the sweetest sound in the English language is the sound of someone's name. And I believe with all the information that we have access to at our fingertips, the sweetest sound in the English language is the sound of someone's name based on what they care about. The flip side of sales intelligence, or I guess another way of saying it is ethically spying on people and ethically using it to help them. Well, the flip side of that is personal branding. It's assuming people are spying on you. And as you know, better than most, everybody's spying on us. And I'm not just talking like the government or anything like that. I'm talking about prospective employees, current employees, certainly prospective customers, bankers, funders, they're all spying on us or or searching us. How do you control what they find? And that's what you speak about. So, you know, our messages are incredibly complementary to each other. Yeah. And I think everybody has heard of Google clearly, but I don't think people understand, like the average person goes right to Google, types in something real quick. It's usually three words or less, Mm -hmm. and that's how they use it. 99% of the time. When I heard you speak, it blew my mind that it's like, there is so much power in understanding how to use Google. And as a personal brand, there's all these things that we need to find, right? Like we want to find potential events we could speak at. We want to find potential podcasts we could be on. We need to find literary agents or publishers, or we need to sign a virtual assistant or a graphic designer or video editor or, you know, on and on and on. And I think we're underutilizing, you know, Google specifically. And I guess that's primarily the tool we're talking about here, right? Is advanced Google searches. Well, it's Google. It's also social media, LinkedIn, Twitter. It's also, and most people don't know, and I'll kind of shock them with this, Google actually gets to a very small percentage of the free and publicly accessible internet. The rest is what we call the invisible web. Now, the invisible web, you probably heard of the deep web or the dark web. That's where bad guys hang out. And that makes up even an incredibly tiny percentage of the invisible web. So that 95% of the free and publicly accessible internet is just websites that, for whatever reason, 
Google can't vacuum up. And so there's a lot of those kinds of websites. So what I mean by vacuum up, if you think of Google as like nothing more than a big vacuum cleaner, because that's kind of what it is. It just goes around, finds websites with words on the page. It sees those websites, flips on the vacuum cleaner, sucks up the words, stores the words in the Google vacuum cleaner bag or the database. You go into Google and type one or two, three words. There's no human being sitting in the background. It's basically Google saying, where do those three words appear most often? Now, the challenge, Google's awesome, right? We know that. The challenge, and its algorithms are amazing. The challenge is, let's say I go in and type in the word speaker. Well, do I mean professional speaker or Bose stereo speaker? Mm-hmm. Now, again, Google's pretty good because it probably knows what you've searched on in the past. It knows what websites you've looked at. So it's probably going to give you the right information. And, you know, its job is to do that. But remember, Google is a search engine, but they're not a search engine company. They're an advertising company, meaning they want you to get really good results, but they wouldn't mind if you clicked on an ad once in a while. So what I teach is how to really refine those results, whether it's on Google or the invisible web, using mathematical algorithms. And then I also teach and build tools that automate that. Yeah. So let's talk about the algorithm. What does that mean? You know, like when I hear I could use an algorithm, I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I don't, you know, algorithms use me. (laughs) I don't use algorithms. So tell me about what does that mean to have an algorithm that you use on Google? Sure. It's just a fancy way of saying a a simple mathematical equation. So for example, let's use that one I just gave. I go into Google, I type in speaker and I get a bunch of results on stereo speakers. A very simple switch is to go back in, do speaker, and then type in the minus sign and attach that to the word stereo. So the minus sign needs to touch the S in the word stereo. Now, every result you're going to get will have the word speaker in it. But if any of those results have the word stereo in it, those results won't show up. Hmm. And I can do that about 30 times. So I can start out with a super broad search term and in seconds get down to the information that we care about. Another simple trick is using quotation marks. Now, if you go into Google and type in uh, Karen Jane Anderson as an example, well, you'll get some really good results. Probably the first page of results will be Karen Jane Anderson, but you'll also get close to a million results because you're also going to get every website that has the word Karen, has the word Jane, and has the word Anderson. So if there's a Hmm. web page that has Karen Johnson, Jane Smith, Bill Anderson on the same web page, you're going to get that result. A simple thing like using quotation marks, when you put a word, a job title, name of a person, name of a company, or even a phrase like digital reputation management or a phrase like personal branding, if you put that in quotation marks, you'll treat the words within quotation marks as a single entity. So those two tricks alone, the minus sign and quotation marks, will probably save you an hour a day. Oh, and by the way, it not only works in Google, those techniques will work in social media. They'll work when you're searching your email. You know, how many times have you gone in your email? Oh, where's that email I sent to Rory? Where is it? Those uh, tricks will work. Or even your network drive. Where's that presentation I sent to the Widget Corporation? You can go in and put Widget Corporation within quotation marks. You'll get better results. Interesting. So this is, you're referring to Boolean logic, right? That's correct. Yep. That's very correct. Yep. And there's, there's other things beyond Boolean, but in general, that's correct. So what is Boolean logic? Like, what does that mean? And how many elements are considered part of it? Because this is what you're talking about is a really big deal. It's like, you know, the problem with Google is that it searches like 
this gigantic universe. And so mm -hmm. finding, and for most of our clients, they wouldn't be searching for speakers. It's more like they're searching for events that have speakers. Correct. Yep. Right. And so if you said, you know, insurance association speakers, I, I mean, who knows what comes up, but if it could have stuff like you're saying, like, you know, musical stuff because of the word speakers. Right. Right. So Boolean actually is from a 19th century mathematician, a guy named George Boole. And the first modern use of Boolean, George Boole is kind of credited with, for lack of a better term, coming up with the zeros and the ones. So 19th century, the mathematical patterns that make technology work. Now, the beauty of really great technology is it's intuitive, right? I fire up Google, I type in two words, results just show up. That's kind of the problem of really good technology. I type in two words, results just show up. So I never really learn, for lack of a better term, the good stuff. And the good stuff is the Boolean or reading the manual. The good news is it's very easy. Just most people don't do it. And frankly, most people don't need to do it. It's really when you're wanting to laser focus a search where you might need that information. So for example, if I wanted to find the meeting planner at the, here, here would be a good one, the meeting planner at the speaker association, but not the National Speakers Association, the Stereo Speakers Association. I'm making okay. this up. I don't know if there is. There probably is a Stereo Speaker Association, you know, high fidelity stereo speaker. But that's where you would use these combinations of quotation marks and minus signs, plus signs. There's a bunch of other ones as well to really refine your results. Again, you're going to do just fine typing words into Google. It's really more when you want to, hey, I really want to laser focus my results into something specific where you need these techniques. Okay. And so is it primarily like, are the big ones quotation signs, plus signs and minus signs? Yes. There's lots of others if we want to get really technical. So for example, if you think of how people save a word document on their computer, well, most people use fairly logical titles for their document. So for example, if I was saving a document, I might call that document a widget corporation proposal. Well, you can actually limit your search to just titles of web pages, just like you might do when you're searching for a Word document. The nice thing about web pages is they're usually titled something that's very logical because that's how you get higher up in search engines. And so, for example, you can use a Boolean term called in title, I-N-T-I-T-L-E, and then the colon, those two dots, in title. So for our listeners, Let's say I wanted to find a list of associations in the medical industry, okay. right? I could go into Google and type in medical association and I'll get some good results. I'll also get a bunch of junk. Or I can say uh, in title medical, in title association, meaning the only results that are allowed to appear are, were, are results with the word medical as part of the title of the document and association as the title of the document. Now I can also use quotation marks. So that exact phrase has to be in the title. So in title colon medical association, put medical association within quotation marks, and it will pull up that exact result, that exact phrase, medical association as the title of the document. And can you also search by, can you search Google? This was one of the things that I remember was you can search for file types. Yes. What are all the file types that you can search into Google and how do you find them? And by the way, when you say invisible web, is this like, these are things that people store on the internet, but are not things that you would get to by like going to their website and clicking through their menu or is invisible yeah. web 
I guess there's two definitions that I use for the invisible web. The first definition are websites that, for whatever reason, Google can't vacuum up. I'll give you an example. There are many websites that you have to create a, a login to access. Facebook, as an example. So Facebook, you can access some Facebook pages via Google, but, but in general, you have to have a free Facebook username and password. Well, Google can't create a username and password. And frankly, if you could find everything you wanted via Google search, well, there'd be no reason to have a Facebook account, right? So that would be an example. It's the free and publicly accessible internet, but you have to have a username and password to get in it. Now, once you're in it, many times, Facebook, unfortunately, is not one of them, but many times you can use the same Boolean techniques to search once you're inside that website. So again, Facebook as an example, if we think of every picture, every post as a page on the internet, well, I don't know the number, but it would have to be trillions of pages that are on the invisible web. So you couldn't access those via Google. You'd have to log in to access those. That's one definition of the invisible web. The other definition okay. is I'll just give you is my personal definition. Anything past page two on Google search result is invisible, meaning no one's ever going to find it, which is where you come in really on reputation, right? and personal branding is to make sure that you show up number one. That's why people should be getting interviewed, should be doing speeches. So they show up high up in Google search results, because if you're on page two or three on Google search results, it may as well be in the invisible web because no one's going to find you. Sure. Getting back to your question as it relates to documents. Well, there are trillions of documents that people post online, right? It could be Excel spreadsheets or PowerPoints, and you can find those by using what's called a file type colon search in Google. So file type colon PPT or file type colon PPTX will find PowerPoint documents. Now, why do we care? Because I could go in and type in Rory Vaden within quotation marks, file type colon PPT or file type colon PPTX. And if there's any PowerPoints that have ever been posted out there about you or featuring you, they'll show up including that one time where you, you know, you were cornered, right? You were sitting there after you gave your speech, standing ovation, someone in the back said, this was awesome. Can we get a copy of the slides? And the event planner stood up and says, yes, we'll be posting his slides online on our super duper James Bond, you know, CIA, NSA protected website, which of course wasn't protected at all because we can find it. You know, so that's where you can find those kinds of documents. Hi, it's AJ Vaden, and thanks for listening to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. Did you know that the ideas we share on the show are things we actually specialize in helping you implement? If you want to raise your public profile and turn your reputation into revenue, please visit freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for a free brand strategy call with one of our personal brand strategists. Again, that's freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for your free call. Talk to you soon. Well, and some of that's like, you know, the other time where I think about using this is like, I mean, to your word, sales intelligence. So yes. there's one part of it is how do I find a list of people to contact that would be hyper relevant to what I do to where there's such, you know, they're going to know me or a lot of the people I know, et cetera. The other sure. thing is 
you know, maybe I get a, I get a lead to be at like a hold on an event to go speak at and I get a meeting with them and I want to go, how can I customize my presentation, either my sales yes. presentation or my yes. actual presentation to prepare? And so you can find, I mean, you can find all sorts of internal PowerPoints and uh, yep. meeting notes and stuff like that. Absolutely. And that level of customization is really what's going to differentiate you from your competition, from those who go out, as I like to say, they wing it. Or they, you know, and, and Rory, you and I both seen this before, where the speaker gets up and, they, hey, it's so great to be a part of, and there's a pause, they look down, the financial industry. And because mm-hmm. yesterday, they did the exact same speech for the automotive industry, and the day before that, medical device industry. So that level of customization is so important couple of quote-unquote invisible websites, and they're invisible because Google doesn't know they exist because I created them and I don't let Google know they exist. One is a news search engine called yougotthenews.com. That's Y-O-U-G-O-T-T-H-E-N-E-W-S, yougotthenews.com, which will pull up not only Google search results, but it will pull up local newspapers, trade journals, industry journals. So for example, when I did a You Got the News search on you, Rory, Well, I clicked on the regular news, which would be Google News. I think about, if I recall, maybe 12 articles showed up. But when I clicked on the more news button, now that features, again, local newspapers, trade journals, industry articles, thousands of articles showed up. And there's also a tab on there for press releases, social media posts, blog posts. Again, whether it's preparing for a sales call or customizing your presentation, use something like you got the news five minutes before the meeting, frankly, five minutes before you step on stage, you're going to massively impress. The number of times where I've done that five minutes before I go on stage and I get up and the first words out of my mouth are instead of saying, hey, thank you, St. Louis. It's, hey, congratulations. Many of you might not even know, but your company just won, you know, fortune best places to work or something like that. That massively differentiates. Another one is a a site I built called You Got Research, Y-O-U-G-O-T research.com. And that one will specifically find a credible objective research, white papers, different trends, survey results, but every single result is a PDF file. Why a PDF file? Because I found in doing Google searching, oftentimes when I'm searching for reports, all I get are places that want to sell me the report. In this example, I actually get the report. I get the PDF file. And there are things I teach on what to do with PDF files and, and how wow. you can use those in sales. But but for preparing for a speech, it's great stuff. Well, that's funny. Yeah. So we are this Wednesday releasing our Trends in Personal Branding National yeah. Research Study. It's a PDF. It will live on a hidden URL of which it will be behind a gated. We're not selling it. We're giving it away for free, yeah. but it'll be behind a gated page. And, and we won't be able to find it. We won't be able to get behind the gated page. But if somebody downloads your document and then posts it on their server, then we'd be able to find it. Interesting. Of which surely they would, somebody in the world that might do that. Yeah. So that just means like, and you're saying that you got research.com is like, if I'm trying to research a subject of any kind, then I'm going and just saying, show me all kind of like statistically valid research studies. And I modified it. So there's different buttons. So one would be trend reports. So that would be research reports to talk about trends. Another one, survey results. So specifically dealing with survey results. And there's overlap between the two. Market outlooks. Uh, And then there's even a button in there that it's called, I think it's industry statistics. I don't have it in front of me. But that actually mines the invisible website, the Department of Labor. 
So for example, if you went in and typed in construction and then click that button, it will pull up all the latest statistics as it relates to types of employees, how much money they make, how many employees they are in that industry. Again, help you, whether it's doing business planning or whether it's preparing for a presentation, just gets you that information, credible, objective information in seconds. Again, could you do it on your own? Absolutely. But knowing these techniques and knowing where to look, I think can save you potentially hundreds of hours per year. I mean, yeah. I mean, talk about like podcast topics or blog topics or book, you know, site having, I mean, I think I've having credible information to cite in an actual book or something that it's like, it needs to be statistically like sound. That kind of thing is, right. is really is huge. So in that case, those tools that you built, they are just layered on top of Google. That's correct. It's sitting on top of Google and I'm adding a 30 to 50 word Boolean algorithm. All you've got to do is type in, let's say you want a trend report. You just type in construction. If that's the industry you care about, trend reports. There's a pull down menu that allows you to search by date range. So you choose past year, type in construction, click trend reports and a 50 word algorithm is going to be running in the background. Now, here's another little trick for you too. Finding PowerPoint documents. So that would be file type colon PPT or PPTX. Here's where there's a great one. You know, it's kind of one of those sayings when people talk about uh, writing or jokes or something like that, right? Everything that's already been written or everything that already could be written has already been written by somebody in some shape or form. Okay, what I mean by that is, and I, you know, for those of you with kids in the audience, this can help a lot with their homework because my kids would never call me when they've got a research report due in college. You know, they've known about it for three weeks, but they <laughs> happen to call me four hours before it's due. That would never happen, right? So here's a little trick. You go in and you search for a PowerPoint document on your topic. So let's say your topic is uh, you're doing a report or again, in using our examples here, maybe you're going to be speaking in the automotive industry. So whether it's doing a report or you're speaking in the automotive industry, go into Google, type in say automotive trends. And then now here's a little trick or in all uppercase proceeding or right after the or if you type in or in uppercase, a space before and after the or, now not lowercase, but uppercase or, you'll get either or. So you expand your search. So I might type in automotive trends or, or in all uppercase issues, file type colon PPTX. I'm telling Google, go find me a PowerPoint document, only PowerPoint documents with the word automotive, with the word trends or the word issues somewhere inside that PowerPoint. Now, if I want to refine it even further, I can say in title automotive trends or issues, file type colon PPTX, a bunch of PowerPoints will appear. Now, how is this a huge time saver? You click on a few and you see, you try to find other people's data. Now you're not going to plagiarize. You're not going to use their PowerPoint, but in the lower right or left corner, what do we all do if we're decent at, and we're ethical at what we do? We put our source for the data. You know, a Widget Corporation 2020 study, right? You're going to find that in the lower right corner of a PowerPoint slide. We're going to grab the name of the source, go back into Google, paste that in, put it within quotation marks. Now we're going to go find the original source of that data. So it was a little complex what I just described, much easier if we were on Zoom and I was showing you, but hopefully people get it. Because what I'm doing is I'm looking at somebody else's PowerPoint presentation, not to steal their content, but to see what data sources did they use. Now I'm going to go back into Google, 
find the original data source, well, heck, I've just saved myself three hours of research. Yeah, I feel like that happens a lot too, where people will cite it, but then sometimes people will cite things and they've never actually, like the one I think of is the like yeah. the statistics you hear about how much of the workforce is disengaged. Like so many people use that and it's like a Gallup survey. Yep. But most of the people who use that have never actually read the actual report exactly. and being able to kind of like add the context and see the full report is, uh, is super powerful. And on the topic of reports, I guess if you're looking at PDFs, you could also pull up people's annual reports. Now, if they're public Absolutely. companies, they're available anyways. Yep. But even if you're certain private companies might have versions of their annual reports posted online. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, file type colon PDF or file type colon DOC or DOCX would be Word documents. Excel would be XLS or XLSX. So what kind of Excel spreadsheets are out there? Well, everything from budgets to member lists, attendee lists, all sorts of different types. And, and, and really, it's, you know, it's kind of a science and an art. So the science is the plus, the minus, the quotes, the file type, the in titles. There's a bunch more as well. And the art is kind of knowing when to use it. So you just try different things until something shows up that you like. Yeah. So, but if I wanted to, let's say that I had a, you know, I wanted to get more speaking gigs Yeah. and I wanted to go like, I need all of the associations, you know, I want to get all the, you know, whatever financial advisors and like associations. So I could just theoretically say, you know, I might go on and do something like, in title financial associations file type colon dot xls yeah you could do that but what i would also recommend is a phrase i like to use is think like the author so if i wanted to find a list of associations that paid speakers and i was creating that list so if i'm the author of that list what words would i put in there now the obvious ones would be well association lists no, here's kind of a backdoor way of doing it. So Rory, let's say I want to find a list of more places, more associations that would hire Rory Vaden. Well, what I might do, you know, pull up my past client list and say, hey, I'm going to type in three associations who paid me in the past. You know, the medical association, the automotive association, the banking association. Put the name of the association in quotes, file type colon, PDF. All right, so what I'm saying is those three associations have to be in the PDF file. But then I'm going to do something a little bit different. I'm also going to add the phrase member directory. So I'll put that in quotes or or in all uppercase membership directory. Put that in quotes or or in all uppercase attendee list. What I'm looking for is a PDF document where all three of those associations have appeared. The concept being is if there's a list of great associations out there, if those three aren't in it, it's not a good list. But if those three are in it, it's probably a really good list. Mm. So it's kind of, again, that phrase, thinking like the author. Well, if I was creating a list of great associations, for it to be any good, what three associations would have to be in there? Search for those instead of just searching for the phrase association list. I need the Sam Richter keynote, past keynote client, fee range greater than X, file type, dot XLS file. (laughs) Um, Exactly. I mean, this is amazing. These are free searches. These are free. Boolean logic is all free. Theoretically, you could just go to Google and start messing around with plus, minus, 
file type, in title, in title, in quotes, in uh, quotes, all in text, in URL. I mean, there's a bunch of them. But you know, the key is, and you don't have to get too fancy. I mean, I guarantee you, if you just start using quotation marks and minus signs, just forget all the rest of it. Quotation marks and minus signs, you'll save yourself two hours a day. And the minus sign, does it have to be, a, there's a minus sign and then a space, or does it have to be? No, the minus to... sign must touch the word that you want to remove. Now, if you want to remove a phrase, so if I wanted to remove a stereo speaker, I'd mm -hmm. put stereo speaker within quotes, and then the minus sign would touch the first quote. Got it. I got it. The other way that we can do this is you actually have a tool. Well, you also build a, a bunch of tools. You build them for different industries where you yeah. basically take, how does this work? You basically take, you create your own user interface because some of your searches will use 30 parts of Boolean logic that are all in this query, but you build a custom graphic user interface where you can just go type stuff in and then it'll run all the searches for you. It's basically as if you were sitting there like personally doing this. Correct. So what I do in, in the industries in which I speak, you know, my kind of stake in the ground is very high content. So obviously entertaining, motivational, those kinds of, you know, uh, we've got to do that, but also very high content and kind of my, what I like to say is, you know, hire me and the learning and most important, the implementation or the execution of what I share doesn't have to stop once the ovation subsides. So I produce what's called a sales Intel engine for just about every industry in which I speak in the sales Intel engine. So I'll, I'll interview my prospects and I'll say, you know, who are the types of companies that you call on? What are the types of decision makers? Why does somebody buy from you? Why somebody buys might be, I call that a sales trigger. What's going on in their life where they need you today? And then I will build Boolean algorithms. And, you know, it could be 20 to 50 different words. And then I'll add a button on top of that, if you will. So instead of somebody having to type the 30 to 50 word Boolean algorithm, let's say that they sell to electronic electrical engineers. So instead of having to search the 30 to or type in the 30 to 50 word algorithm to find electrical engineers, I just have a field that says location. They type in Dallas. There's a button that says electrical engineers. They click on the button and it'll instantly pull up all the electrical engineers in Dallas. So you can narrow searches by location. I mean, you can oh, narrow absolutely. your search by anything with Google. Yep. Yep. But, and, that, and if you're but that's a very specific bull. I wouldn't even want to try to explain it to you because it's pretty complex in terms of being able to, yes, you could type in Dallas, but to literally get the city of Dallas is a pretty long equation. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So where do you go to, how do we go learn about these? So you said you call them sales Intel and yeah. engines. You have built these for different verticals, for different industries. Yeah. Yeah. And I build them all the time and I have a holding page for lack of a better term, a catalog where after I do them for a company, I'll say, Hey, I wonder if anybody else would want something like this. And I'll, I'll take out some of the personal things related to that company and make it available on an industry basis. So I've got a web page, my catalog is Intel Engine, I-N-T-E-L, and then Engine is spelled weird, N-G-I-N. So I-N-T-E-L-N-G-I-N.com. And that will have, I think right now, there's probably a dozen engines on there. I've got about three dozen more that I still need to, frankly, build their landing page and put them on there. But in general, I mean, you'll go there, you'll see ones for the conveyor belt industry, for the electronics industry, for the speaker industry. And then there's a general one. It's called the premium engine that just kind of is all things to all people. For financial advisors, I've got a really powerful one. 
So those are the kinds of engines I've developed. Fascinating. So then we don't have to actually know any of this stuff. We can nope. just whatever, pay a little monthly fee and then just like type in the filters and it'll, you'll pull it all up. And then it just Correct. sends us to, to, to Google and just says, here's exactly what you need. Yeah. It's just designed to save you time and, and hopefully help you find information that might not even have other known, otherwise known that existed. Now inside the engines, I also search other search engines and other databases beyond Google. Google is the primary one. I'd say 80% of the results will show up in Google, but 20% I'm also searching other, if you recall earlier, invisible websites. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just, you know, I think about if I had to do a book launch and I wanted to grab a list of book reviewers or media writers or podcast hosts, or I wanted to grab, you know, a bunch of associations, or I wanted a list of a membership directory of everybody in this industry that, you know, the way my mind would normally go about that is hire a VA, give them parameters and let them go search for hours and hours and hours. Yep. But if I just search for file type, like a membership directory in the right things, like, that probably is those things that I'm looking for have likely been compiled by somebody somewhere. And if I know how to do the Boolean logic, I can like go right to it if it's on the web somewhere. Yeah, if it's on the web. Now, the challenge today, especially in today's world, with certainly a lot of these member directories and attendee lists show up, you still have to be careful because, you know, again, depending on what statistic you read, who knows which one's right. But a good percentage, 30 to 40% of people have left their jobs or will leave their jobs either in the past year or the next year, whatever that number is, I don't know. And so that means that a lot of those lists may no longer be valid. That's why I also use LinkedIn. A lot of these techniques, you know, these same Boolean techniques you can use within LinkedIn. But theoretically, people keep their LinkedIn profiles up to date. So that's why I like LinkedIn. So for example, I could go into LinkedIn and in the main search form, I'll type in book reviewer. Now, if I type in book reviewer with no quotation marks, I'll get book reviewers, but I'll also get anybody who's any, I'll get a music, I'll get a music reviewer who's read a book. So book reviewer within quotation marks will tell LinkedIn only find that exact phrase. Yeah, that's so powerful and simple. So Intel engine, but without the E's and engine, yep, right? The first correct. So IntelEngine.com. So that's where you could go to check out one of these. I want to look at the speaker one because I want to use it and maybe we can do a deal or something with. Yeah, for sure. Uh, for Brand Builders members. I, I want to talk to AJC. Maybe we can buy this for all of our members and provide it because this is pretty, pretty powerful stuff. And where else do you want people to go, Sam, or if they want to connect with you and learn more about what you're up to? Yeah, just go to samrichter.com, Sam, R-I-C-H-T-E-R.com. Or frankly, Rory, if you can't find, just go to Google, type in my name with or without quotation marks. That's my business card. (laughs) I mean, if you couldn't find me that way, don't listen to anything I have to say. Because I've also had to learn the the flip side of this, right? So if I'm going to teach how to find people, I better be able to be found. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Sam, so cool, man. I always pick up so many tactical like tips of like, oh, so good. And appreciate you being willing to share here. And as always, brother, we wish you the best. Thank you. You too. Keep up your great work. It's so needed in today's world. And I'm just super excited for all that you've accomplished. Congratulations. Thanks, buddy.
That's all we've got for this episode of the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. But here's some great news. One of the most valuable things you can do to help us and other new potential listeners to find our show is for you to both rate this show and leave a review. So as a special bonus for you, if you leave us a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen, take a screenshot of your review and email it to podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. We will give you free 30-day access to 25 of our most popular interviews on video in your own private members-only area. So go right now, rate us, review us, and then send a screenshot of it into podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. And we'll get you set up with free access to our most popular video interviews all in one place. Also, just please share, share, share this podcast with anyone who you think might enjoy it. And until next time, remember that building a business isn't nearly as valuable as building a reputation. 